hello, hello. It is me, it is me, your True Hill Phenom, SP3 Never Fails, Dutch Fantel, back uh, in full effect on Smack Talk. How you doing, Dutch? Did I just drop out? Yes, you did. Yes, you did. Folks, I'm going to tell you, I apologize for it. We're on StreamYard, and I'm not going to bitch and moan and complain, but I've had this thing for, I don't know, the whole time I've been doing this right here on uh, SmackDown, and it's never worked right. I don't know what's wrong with it. And people look at me, well, it's not working. Okay, tell me something I don't know. I know that. Tell me how to fix it. Oh, you don't know? I said, no. well, no, I don't know. If I knew, I'd fix it. Because I'm the most illiterate computer guy in the world. Think of the worst you've ever known and double it. And that's me. But anyway, yeah, uh, I watched the show. What do you think overall? Overall, it was fine. So I would go as far as saying it was solid. Not the most must-watch edition of SmackDown. If you missed it, you didn't miss much. But we're glad you're here with us. Well, I'll make it more exciting than that when I start talking about it. But uh, I thought the show was okay. Oh, it wasn't a it wasn't a knockdown drag out thing from the beginning. No, it wasn't. But it was a maintenance show because they're going to the UK yeah. and uh, they're talking about that. And there were some things I liked, but it was I will agree, it was a solid show, really. There we go. So we're going to discuss all about it. I see people in the chat asking about Rick. Rick was not able to join us this week. He is working at his other other job doing the radio in Cincinnati. Uh, you can always see Rick here usually with us every Friday. And he says that this week or next week, one or the other, this week or next week will be the final time he misses Smack Talk. So he he's a he's got someone who can fill in for him now. Yeah, I think it's I think it's next week. Hey, Rick needs to yeah. tell the people he's working for to hire somebody. If they're that hard up to pay somebody, then they need to get out of the radio business. I'm sorry, Rick, I didn't mean to say that, but I guess you might get you might get blamed for me saying that, but I'll, I'll take the heat for it because I don't work for it. But I think he's going to be gone next go. week. And Rick, we're going to accept this this time that you're going to miss the show. But next time, we're getting a little wise to this now filling in for people and all that crap. If we sit here and wait for you every Friday night, you're off. God knows where you're doing. God knows what. So, and blaming it on your job. I think you should be just a little bit more creative when you miss this show. Because we yeah, ain't buying it. I ain't buying it. He's making he's making me play play point guard. I'm a two guard. I'm a two guard. I just like to shoot shots and and come in here and give my my critiques of the show instead of yeah. having to recap the show like Rick usually does. Link to the court and then ended up with a big dunk. Yeah, I like, I like to dunk the ball. I like to dunk and shoot threes. I don't like to dribble and have to pass off, assist the ball like I'd have to do to you today, Dutch. But you're a good scorer yourself. <laughs> okay. But uh, the show tonight was a, a maintenance show because they got to, uh, the, the London show next week. Wait a minute. Did they say what matches are on SmackDown next week? 
Well, next week we got Charlotte Flair versus Asuka for the WWE Women's Championship. We also got Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn versus Pretty Deadly for the Undisputed WWE Tag Team Championships. We got Logan Paul on the Grayson Waller effect, and we got Roman Reigns returns again. He was only gone for a week. Why are we saying that he's returning? So those will be that will be on SmackDown. That's all SmackDown next week in London. Well, that's a great card to to get all that. So let me ask you something while we're talking here. Grayson Waller, you think he's getting over? Uh, I will, we'll we'll talk about that when we get to his segment, but I think it's more to do with he is he was injured in his final matchup in NXT, and I think they're using the Grayson Waller effect to kind of introduce him to the fans. But I don't know if he's getting quite over in this role just yet because they haven't really put any focus on him. His segments are used to put focus or hype up something else, not him. Oh, I agree. Okay. I will accept that, but he's going. they're going to have to work a little harder with him, I think. But, okay, let's start the show. Let's get into things. I'll highlight a few comments here before we get started. We got Ricky who asks, why are you doing this during Rampage? We, we made the announcement a few weeks back that yeah. we are starting at 10.05 p.m. now. Now that uh, Collision has started, we're going to be starting at 10.05 p.m. Eastern Time. Don't worry. Uh, if anything important happens on Collision, maybe we'll mention it here. I believe there is going to be a big match uh, named for for endure but i'll say that at the end of the show uh that was made and a big debut that is happening on on rampage which we'll mention here on the show as well as we after we recap smackdown here so don't worry all the major points from rampage will be discussed here we're just starting an hour earlier we need dutch to go to sleep early on friday damn nights here damn right hell i'm staying up all night i slept like like two hours last night and and plus, Dutch can only watch one AEW show per week, and now he wants to watch AEW Collision because he liked the first show, right, Dutch? Oh, the first show was very good, except they didn't they didn't give us anything for for this week, but the show was fine. The show was good. They saved all the hype for Dynamite for Rampage uh, for uh, Collision. They didn't name some stuff on uh, Dynamite this week, like the main event of CMFTR and Ricky Starks versus Bullet Club Gold and the Guns tomorrow night. So, and we'll touch on that as well. Noob saying that tonight's show it was fine, but I do like uh, Oscar with that cartoony salute <laughs> that is going to be a that meme by WWE on Fox. Yes, I really like that. Anyway. I don't like the woman's division because they're killing my Lacey Evans girl, but never fails, right? Never uh, fails. Oh, listen, if I like you, it's like the kiss of death. They listen to the show and they say, screw him. We're going to, whoever he likes, we'll just go the other way. Okay. Well, let's talk about tonight's shows for SmackDown, the opening segment after a recap of what went down in the final segment last week. We had the Usos come out to a huge reaction from this crowd. Very loud Uso chants for the for Jimmy and Jay. Uh, we get, They soaked in the response, and then Jay started off with the bloodline, and then Jimmy told him, nah, 
Now fix that, correct that. And he said, the Usos are in your city. Jimmy XJ, how he was feeling after last week. The crowd was uh, chanting Usi. I would have loved if he said, I'm feeling Usi after last week. That would have been great. Great callback. But uh, Jay noted that they're about uh, to fight their own family, and it's not supposed to be like that. Jay started to ramble a bit, and Jimmy stopped him to say he thinks Jay made the absolute perfect choice last week and they give each other an embrace jay said that they still love roman reigns which the crowd boos a little he says they do he's there his he's their family uh jay spoke to roman into the camera and said he would have done anything roman told him to do they held it down for three years together they fell in line they did everything that roman wanted to do where roman messed up was when he disrespected jay and jimmy and jimmy said that respect is huge and they were in the most dominant faction in WWE. But once Roman stopped showing the Usos respect, the Usos left him on the island of relevancy all alone. Jay said that they can forgive Roman, but they can't forgive those outside the circle. And Jimmy talked about how Jimmy and Jay were built on respect, but they didn't trust any snakes like Paul Heyman. And Paul Heyman was trying to put a rift between the brothers, and that's where the real problem started. And there's going to be a civil war at money in the bank and jay said everyone is looking at the best tag team in the world and jay said at money in the bank it's the uso you're welcome to the uso penitentiary and it's locked down and they welcomed solo and roman to the uso penitentiary i thought this was a really good promo really good promo you could tell both guys were fired up hyped up the bloodline civil war for money in the bank what did you think about jimmy and jay's promo here Oh, I, I thought it was good, really good. I do like the Uso Penitentiary line. I like that. So I think we need to line. I would like to know what the inside <clears throat> actually looks like. Now, uh, we, inside of the Uso Penitentiary? Yeah, I want to see it. Now they got me. You know, that's kind of out of the the realm of WWE stuff when you have a penitentiary. Because I've never heard anything like that. So now they've they can have a penitentiary match. Now it opens up a lot of stuff, but I want to see what that inside of that penitentiary looks like. So you ever been in a, a penitentiary, Sid? I I've I've toured it. I haven't did any time though, luckily oh. for me. You ever go to jail? No, I haven't. You, you, know, you Dutch? Hell yeah. <laughs> so many times? No, I haven't really. I've never been to jail. I've been by jails. But I tried to live my life just <laughs> jail. But uh, re really good, really good promo. And the crowd in Baton Rouge, they were eating it up. And uh, those guys are, are really, really over. But we, we, knew, we knew by watching that the Jimmy and Jay were going to be baby faces one day. Because you know, the young guys are good-looking guys and people like them. And I, I think this is really going to do good. I don't know how long this angle will run because I didn't predict it would run three years either. Nobody predicted no. that. But they've done a great job with it. And 
I don't know where it's going to go, but I can look at it now like a fan and enjoy it and look forward to how it's going to, how it's going to run its course. If it runs its course, because most book, I had a booker tell me one time, and I've always adopted this, never let an angle die. You know, how many times have we seen in WWE, they work this angle and all of a sudden it goes to a pay-per-view and they blow it off and then it's gone. Now you got to go back to square one and start building something else. Why don't you just kind of stay, get out of the angle for two weeks and come back to it? Because the people haven't forgotten it. <clears throat> I don't know if that makes sense or not, but it, it always made sense for me. So good interview by, by the Usos. I agree with you. I thought it was a strong interview, a nice follow-up, hearing their reaction to everything that went down last week. And that's what this week was really all about. It was kind of the aftermath of what went down in last week's closing segment because after the opening matchup, we go backstage and we see Solo Sokoa walking with Paul Heyman and Ridge Holland walks by them and asks, uh, asks Solo, what are you looking at? And Solo just catches him with the Samoan spike right to the that what he said what yeah right to the throat and uh rich holland is injured he's choking from the samoan spike and paul Heyman uh basically says call roman reigns <laughs> Because yeah. <laughs> he realizes that this is going to be an issue with Solo kind of going um, manic after what happened last week. What did you think about that segment? Well, I think SmackDown needs to work on its medical team because we took a break then, right? Yeah. And he came back and nobody was with him. That's three minutes. So what did he do for three minutes? He, went, <laughs> he was oh. choking, and while while Adam Pierce, Adam Pierce caught it, and he he checked on him, but we needed medical staff to work a little faster there. But I I overthink that. But that was good. Now we got him out of the way, and we'll see now why they why they got him out of the way. Where was Butch tonight? They they did say on commentary that Butch was um he was basically uh, traveling to the UK for money in the bank. So those lying bastards. He's not traveling. Okay. What was he? Okay. He got to he got to do media. He got to do media in the UK. Oh, yeah. Come on. Yeah. Well, maybe. He does. So okay. There you go. Uh, back from break, we see Sheamus. Uh, he's he's checking on Ridge Holland, and he says that he won Solo Sokoa. And uh, Adam Pierce says that he's going to handle it. He needs to talk to Paul Heyman. But Sheamus says that's not good enough. So he goes out in front of the crowd with a microphone, and he calls out Solo Sokoa. He says he'd give so Sokoa the fight of his life and stomp him uh, stomp uh, to the back afterwards. And then it's made official, Solo Sokoa versus is Sheamus, and that was our main event for the show. And I thought it was a nice little physical back and forth matchup, very hard hitting between these two guys. I didn't, I didn't think they were kind of giving it like the full throttle of what we we expect from. But man, Sheamus, man, he's just a workhorse. He did five oh, matches man. last week in like 15 minutes and then this week he has a 15 minute main event and he got a lot out of solo in this one but it goes to a no contest after solo sokoa brings the fight to the outside i like the finish yeah because finish you didn't beat him you know he put him through the deal and his back was already hurt they told that story so they stopped the match i like that finish 
I don't know why they don't do more finishes like that. Just to re- you see it boxing all the time. They stop a fight. The guy punishment, but I like the finish because it 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 helped Solo and and didn't hurt uh, Seamus. I like that. Yeah, I think I think Solo stepped up in this one where he he had to keep up with one of their one of their best workers in the ring, and I think he did a good job at that. And I think that this is one of the things that kind of got switched up because I don't know if this was the plan all along to do this matchup because we did get a work a report from Worked Wrestling and Fightful uh, before the show that a lot of changes to the show happened, which you can assume was probably due to Visek man making changes to the show. So this was probably not the plan to begin with, but it was definitely the best match on the night. And like you said, the finish was interesting because uh, the whole focus of the matchup was Sheamus with the bad back and solo bring him to the outside, hits him with the, with the Samoan spike, lays him against the barricade and hits a big hip attack breaking through the barricade and the referee calls for the bell. So it wasn't even a referee stoppage. It was a no contest to this matchup. We get attendants and officials who come out and check on Sheamus. Uh, Solo Sokoa is going crazy. He's beating up the attendants, beating up officials. And then finally, Jimmy and Jay come out. We get a big brawl between those uh, the three brothers where Jimmy and Jay just barrage, hit, hit uh, Solo with a barrage of super kicks to lay him out. And then finally hit the Uso splash to end the show and stand tall uh, this week. What did you think about everything with the final matchup between Solo and Sheamus and the beatdown by the Usos on to Solo? Well, that was predictable, but it was, it was good. It was good. Now they, now they finally touch again. So, and then they turned and I was, I was thinking, you know, did you watch Paul Heyman during the match? Great facial expressions. He was awesome. He was on tonight. And he was doing this. And he doesn't usually do that. But tonight he he was doing it. And it, it was very, very good. Then they turned and they left. Then I was thinking, wait a minute. They didn't acknowledge Paul Heyman. Then it's almost like they heard me. I mean, they were ahead of me anyway. And then they came back in and looked at him. <clears throat> and they steal a lot of money with Paul Heyman. A lot of money. But they they I really <clears throat> didn't didn't like about it <clears throat> is uh solo was stretched out during the whole time. I thought he'd have kind of just rolled off and dropped to the floor. So but again, that's nitpicking. But but the crowd in Baton Rouge, they love the Usos. Yeah, and they, the, I think that's that's their team now, and I, I think they got a very bright future ahead of them, especially the next year. So I'm proud of those guys. When so how they, do you? When did they start in WWE? Uh, the Usos started in 2010. Wow. As the, on the main roster, at least. Yeah, I was there in 2013, 14, 15. That was really their first rise where they really kind of, they showed a lot of improvement around that time when you were there. <laughs> they were. I remember one time we was in the ring with them. You're talking about Vince just a second ago. Here's a little story. It was, I was on the outside. 
Uh, Swagger was inside, and Claudio. What they call him then? Cesaro. Oh, Cesaro. So we were going to beat them. I may have told this story before. And all of a sudden, referee says, change the finish. I said, well, don't tell me. Tell those guys. And they changed the finish right in the middle of the match. And we ended up, you know, getting beat by the Usos when the original plan was for us to go over. So, and they changed it in mid-course. I guess Vince says, change the finish. (laughs) And they changed the finish, and I was going like, what the hell, guys? And we went in the back, and nobody said nothing. Vince didn't say nothing. We didn't say nothing. What is there to say? So, anyway, I don't know how many people that's happened to how many uh, anybody else, but it happened to us. And I remember mm-hmm. you guys work yeah. with them a lot during that time because you also were in that matchup on the uh, pre-show to WrestleMania 30. That was when Cesaro uh, basically turned on Swagger, right? I think it was, he didn't turn there, but I think he turned the next day on Raw, I think. Well, and he did the swing. Remember, he did the swing to Swagger before he won Andre on the pre-show to WrestleMania 30. What okay? What was what was was that a three way? I'm I'm not I I don't remember I remember it was like a multi man uh tag team matchup, yeah. and it I was remember. it came down to to the real Americans and the Usos in the end. It, it was four it was four teams in it. Yeah, I think uh, one team went out. Then we went out because that crowd of New Orleans, they were really behind uh, the real Americans. And when we left, I was going up the ramp. I remember this. And I told uh, Jack and Cesaro, hear hear the crowd. And they went, because the crowd was doing nothing. They said, they're doing nothing. I said, exactly, because they didn't like that finish. (laughs) We're leaving, and it's quiet as hell. And when they get quiet like that, uh, they they didn't like that finish. They didn't want us. They didn't want Swagger and Cesaro leaving so early. They actually they wanted us to win it, and we were supposed to be heels. We should have got a big. They should have got a big pop when you beat the heels, but they didn't get it because my message that I was giving a lot of people kind of liked it. It was like in the middle. I was preaching American. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. So, continue. No, that was a it was a good good memory that you got there from that from that time when you guys were feuding with the Usos and they've come a long way. So do you think they're gonna parlay all this, you know, popularity that they have now? I know you said last week you believe like me and Rick that they're gonna get the win in this bloodline civil war, but what do you see kind of the, the future holding for them? Do you think you're gonna see maybe just Jay going one on one with Roman at at in the future, or do you think they can potentially do both Jimmy and Jay in a top position in like a triple threat against Roman for the title? Roman and Solo, they can. No, I mean, I mean, Usa, uh, Jimmy and Jay versus Roman in like a triple threat for the title. To me, that would be stretching what they have. 
because I don't think Jimmy and Jay need to have any any kind of contact between them physically. They don't want to see that. They don't want to see that. They could beat Roman up all day long. They'd just keep falling out of their seats. But if you if you if you got it down to two of them, if they had to turn on each other or face each other, I don't think people would buy that. Unless they had something where they said, oh, screw it. Then they continue beating the shit out of a Roman. They might get it there. But anyway, but again, I'm a fan. I don't know what they're going to do. I'm watching it like everybody else. And when it happens, I'll tell you if I like it or not and whether it makes sense to me. Well, let's talk about the rest of the show because the opening matchup was one of your other favorites, Dutch, L.A. Knight, actually <laughs> getting a win over uh, Rey Mysterio. This you one what, went... You know what that tells me? This tonight, I think, was the start of the big push for L.A. Knight. He, he, You know, the guy stayed over with the maximum male models. And I predicted dead on arrival for those guys, and they were dead on arrival, except L.A. Knight. And what was his name then? Max Dupree. And that was a stupid name. Max Dupree, my ass. Let's go back to calling him L.A. Knight. It's got three syllables. Yeah. Yeah, let me talk to you. But and he's a great interview, a great interview. So, but when they separated him from them, I think he started to, and, and they still were, and they still, but still he stayed over. So anybody who can withstand that opposition like that and still get a pop out of the crowd. And to WWE's credit, they didn't discount that. They listened. Because fans, they tell you things by response. So when creative listens, they'll know what the true feelings are on the talent. And they, uh, they, they read the crowd right. And I think now, I think you probably win uh, Money in the Bank. Well, well, I wanted to bring that up, but uh, uh, first with the matchup, LA Knight getting the win over Rey Mysterio, probably his biggest win on the main roster so far. It went eight minutes, 35 seconds. I thought it was it was solid, but there was a lot of sloppy spots, especially towards the end. It just felt like they were just not on the same page towards the end of the matchup before LA Knight hit uh, Blunt Force Trauma for the win. But I want to ask you, you know, your thoughts on the matchup, but also the fact that now the Money in the Bank will also include Logan Paul, who announced his involvement in the matchup on Monday's Raw. Do you think that that might be a person that WWE chooses to go with as the winner of Money in the Bank over LA Knight? Or do you think LA Knight's chances to win next Saturday are still strong? Oh, I think they're still strong. Now, I may be completely wrong. I don't think they'll go with Logan Paul. Because Logan Paul, at this point, is a part-timer. Yeah, that is true. He is a part-timer, too. What'd you say? 
He's, I said he still he still is a a part timer, but yeah. I think that's the reason why some people feel like he has a strong chance because they really haven't done the whole money in the bank being on a part timer other than Brock Lesnar, who only held it for about a month. But it could be interesting where you have a part timer who has the money in the bank. So anytime he's back on the show, you think he's going to cash in. Possibly. But I think uh, I'm going to still go with L.A. Knight. I think his chances are better than Logan Paul. And by being a part-timer, he's not there every week. So you got to have that threat that somebody could cash in at any point. So what if he tried to cash in on Roman Reigns right after the week he wins it? He only gets one shot at it, right? And if he don't make it, it's, it's thrown away. So, still, I'm, I'm gonna say my odds of LA Knight winning the Money in the Bank still very strong. That's fair. That is fair. Well, next we had a big title matchup on the show. You had Shayna Baszler and Ronda Rousey uh, versus. Isla Dawn and Alba Fire to unify the WWE and NXT Women's Tag Team Championships, and I actually really enjoyed this one. I think I thought that the uh, they gave a lot to Dawn of Fire, the Unholy uh, Union. They got a lot of the offense uh, in this one. You had Ronda Rousey busting out a Poison Rana before the commercial break, and then they took the heat on uh, Alba Fire for a bit there before Isla Dawn got the hot tag. She came in she was a house of fire for a little bit there and before ronda rousey and Shayna baszler do a double submission the arm bar by ronda and the curfina clutch by Shayna baszler to pick up the victory here this one got a bunch of time just under uh 10 minutes here and ronda rousey and Shayna baszler are the first ever wwe unified women's tag team champions but the interesting part of this is before the matchup at the commentary table we see once again, WWE spitting in the face of the whole brand split in draft with Raw's Ra Raquel Rodriguez at ringside. But uh, Ronda, after the match, asks Raquel, what are you even doing here? And Raquel says that she's here to make a challenge for the titles that they that we never lost. And Shayna Axis says that who's we? She was like, we've beaten everybody. We made it. We broke all the limbs, all the bones. We've made everybody tap out. Who's we? And Raquel says, we who held the titles. And of course, that brings out the return turning Liv Morgan, who was just injured just a few weeks back, about six, seven, six, seven weeks back, and she's already back. Very glad to see her back, and it seems like we're getting Raquel and Liv versus Ronda and Shayna next. What did you think about the matchup here with Aladon and Alba Fire versus Ronda and Shayna, and then the post-match with Liv Morgan's return? Well, <clears throat> Isla Dawn, as they're uh, announcing her. Yes. L.A., and I've always said that Isla, because that's no, what they, the S is silent. Uh, yeah, but in Spanish, as in Puerto Rico, Isla is island. So, but I'm not sold on those girls. They they were how long were they in uh, NXT? 
Well, Isla Dawn started off in NXT UK and then she came over to NXT. I think she's been there though since like 2019 or so. So she's she was there in on the NXT UK and then the main brand for about three, four years. And then Alba Fire, I think, came in like a 2019 or or, or late 2018. So she was there for like three, four years or so. Yeah. The match was, I actually think that uh, the heels gave them a little too much. And now I know they were, they want to make them. So I think they may have, I think Ronda Rousey, she should be tougher than what she is. Again, that's nitpicking, but the match was fine. It did what it's supposed to do. I do like to, I did like the double tap out, even though only one counted. And that was a good finish too. So I like that one. Hey, I'm liking way, way too much on this show. I mean, I, I gotta be more negative. Hell, I can't agree with everything. What the hell? Hey, I, I, I like this match as well. I wasn't too high on Rey Mysterio and LA Knight because I thought I expected more from them and they just fell off, especially with that finish there. Wait a minute. Okay, so who did you expect to win? With uh, which one? Knight and me. LA Knight. I, th- I, th- I thought LA Knight would win because Rey's not in anything at Money in the Bank, so it made sense for LA Knight to win. But do you, do you think most average fans thought that Mysterio would win? Um, I think I think they that most fans would have thought that LA Knight was going to win because he's in Money in the Bank and Ray isn't. And if you also, if you know, you know, the reports that came out before the show was originally it was advertised as LA Knight versus Santos Escobar versus Butch in a triple threat on the show. And then, of course, like I said, major changes happened to the show and it was moved to LA Knight versus Ray Mysterio. So that's another factor of why I thought LA Knight was going to win. Who did you say was going to be in the three way originally scheduled? The three SmackDown guys that's in the Money in the Bank: Butch, Escobar, and Knight. Mm-hmm. So Butch was there. Butch was there because they advertised him to be in a triple threat. So they lied. That he was on his way to the UK. That that's what they said on commentary. They lied. And they actually lied to us. Those bastards. But anyway, I, I do. I think LA Knight against uh, Mysterio single match was probably better. I think. I hate three ways anyway. I don't know why. Every time I've been in the three way, I never liked it, never enjoyed it. Of course, I've not been in it too many of them, but I just didn't like it. You're probably the first man that ever said they don't like three ways. Stop it. <laughs> Wait a minute. We're going to get a one star rating. I'm telling you, you can't like that. You know, come on, you left that open for me. Um, oh, we next had, I did, I did. We next had the Grayson Waller effect. Uh, Waller got the big introduction as usual, and he introduced his guests pretty deadly. Uh, Waller added that, uh, they added on commentary that they had like a disco ball apparently, uh, on the set, and that was uh, given to them by uh, the, the 
a royal family or something like that. Uh, that <laughs> Pretty Deadly says that the Grayson Waller effect is so much better than the KO show. Waller said that it was nice to have people on the show who have style and banter. Waller brought up the fact that next week Pretty Deadly will take on Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn for the Undisputed Tag Team Championships. And Elton Prince started talking about how he doesn't believe uh, Owens and Zayn having, having uh, given them their proper respect and that they were surprised that they won last week. The crowd gives them a big shut up chant in in response. Uh, Prince talks about how Owens and Zayn have giant egos and they keep getting at each other's throats. Prince says that uh, Pretty Deadly will be on the same page for at least the next 10 years while Zayn and Owens' egos will get in the way. Waller brought up how Pretty Deadly won five, uh, one against five of the best teams in WWE last week and they go through all the names of how they're the Iron Men of, of Snackdown and Pretty Deadly notes that they beat the LWO, they beat the OC, they beat uh, Hit Row, they were barely there, but we beat them, they beat the Brawling Brutes, they beat the Street Profits, and this cues up the Street Profits to come out. The Profits uh, come out and, and Montez Ford yells that they want the smoke, and as a result, we got Pretty Deadly versus the Street Profits was made, and that was next, and I thought this was a pretty good match up here between two of the best teams in WWE in general, especially on SmackDown here. But and I was happy that Street Profits got a little bit more time than they got last week. I thought they they gave Pretty Deadly probably their best match on the main roster so far. It goes nine minutes in this one, and in the end, Pretty Deadly get the win with uh, Elton Prince getting his feet on the ropes while Wilson hold held on to them behind the referee's back. I thought it was a good matchup. What did you think about the Grayson Waller effect with Pretty Deadly and then their matchup with the Street Profits here? Well, Grayson Waller, I'm not really sold on him yet. Where 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 is he from? Australia. Okay. Well, I'm not sold on him yet. And I don't think this this talk segment that he's doing, I think it's you say he's hurt. Well, it's yeah. probably fill, fill, filling in, but uh I'm not and I, I did comment about a couple of weeks ago that Deadly Serious, what is, what's their name? Pretty Deadly. deadly. Pretty oh, Deadly. Remember their name for some reason. They're kind of kind of wearing on me a little bit, uh, and I'm kind of liking them a little more. Because they're smart-ass heels, and you want to see them. If they do that, you want to see them get the dog shit beat out of them. But... uh they're a good team. I like their outfits. <laughs> oh, I loved I loved Montez Ford taking off the the the, the bra and then putting it on. <laughs> and this was the best match of the night, I think. And uh, I, I I think the right team won, won it in the right way. I don't think it hurt uh, the the street profits at all. And see, remember we were talking not too long ago that they're going to uh, break up the street profits. Now this could be the, and that was like a month ago. Yeah. But and they still could. They still could be doing that. You think they will? I I mean they have there has to be a reason why they're taking so many losses, and you would think that if in the future their plans is to put the titles on pretty deadly. 
Street Profits would be one of their top challengers to have. Like you could have easily had the OC in this spot and saved the pretty deadly Street Profits matchup for when pretty deadly eventually win the titles. Well, it was a good match. Best of the night, I think. And pretty deadly, they emerge victorious in the chicken shit heels. I, I, I enjoy their little chicken shit heel <laughs> act. And it's good. And I'm still... I'm still wondering what they're going to do with the street profits, but whatever they, they at least they have my attention. And now whatever they do, if it makes sense, I'll go with it. And I think the the average fan would go with it too. I think I think most of all that the Grayson Waller effect. I thought this was probably the most effective use of the Grayson Waller effect because I felt like I understood the characters more of Pretty Deadly after this matchup. Like you said, they're the the cocky, overconfident, uh, obnoxious heels that you want to mm-hmm. see get their face punched in, and I think they got across those characters very well during the promo. Their outfit it, it gets over with me. When they come down, you said, "What the hell are they wearing?" And I guess I, that had to be their idea to get that outfit made like that, right? Yeah, yeah, it was good, very good. So again, even though this was a uh, a maintenance show, they got some people over tonight. Yeah, and I, I'd have to give it a positive. Well, we got a super chat donation. Thank you so much to Rollin Curtis, always supporting us here during Smack Talk. He says Dutch mentioned a finish change in a past matchup. Do you think that the finish for LA Knight versus Mysterio was changed? There was confusion and sloppiness at the end, and out of the sloppiness, they just went home. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll hand it over to you, Dutch. I don't think there was a finish change on the fly, but maybe I don't. I don't know. It just seemed like there was just a misfooting on Mysterio. He wasn't on the money in this matchup. Well, Mysterio was so good. He is almost. He is almost perfect in, in his work. And sometimes things like that happen. I think this may have might have been the first time, but this is not the first time they've worked, right? Uh, on the main roster, it is. I think so. Yeah. Well, I don't think the finish was changed mid-match. So, I think they just they just kind of got all focus, and it got kind of messed up. But I think the right guy won. And see, wrestling doesn't have to be perfect all the time because it already looks like routines that are practiced anyway. So sometimes when you get a little misstep in there, we're so add to it. And we're so used to Mysterio not missing anything. But the 999, hell. I gotta give a two-minute answer now really no uh I, I don't think it was changed i think it was that way from the beginning because even though our finish was changed on tv but it was changed on smackdown because back in those days 
SmackDown was a bastard show. It was like afterthought. Raw was their big baby. And we were on SmackDown, so they didn't, they didn't give a damn. They gave Raw. Now SmackDown is their A show, and Raw pulls up the rear. And Raw is a three-hour show. Yeah. That's one reason I think it's it's not as strong as SmackDown. It's almost too much. Because how long have we been watching SmackDown? Uh, you've been on here. Watching as... me. Longer than me. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. I've been, I, I think I started on this sh- on this sh- review show probably just a few months before you, but you started around WrestleMania 37 in 2021. Mm-hmm. So, and I've learned that when I sit down to watch two hours of wrestling, uh, it gets long sometimes, unless they're holding my attention. But SmackDown has held my attention lately because they've yeah. done a really, really good job. But now if you compare three hours, hell, that's a commitment. I mean, it's almost like I'm going to watch this three hours every week. And really, I, I think <laughs> people that watch Raw three hours, they must have a secret desire to be punished or something. <laughs> You're you're basically explaining why why Vince Russo is usually on this channel very upset after on Monday's nights. <laughs> oh, Vince! <laughs> yeah, I'd hate to. I'd really hate the Raw rundown. If we had to run Raw down, I don't know what I'd do. I guess I'd do it, but but Raw has peaks and valleys like every show does. But when it drops, it really drops. And it's got to drop in that third. Because a lot of times when you look at those ratings, the third hour, they drop to a point and they don't drop anymore. And the reason being is they don't get get tired. (laughs) Anyway. But I do do like better than than Raw because I do think it's a better show. Plus, it only has two hours to fill as opposed to three hours. And I know the other hour is all a financial uh, arrangement because they make a lot more money. But hard to keep people interested in a regular wrestling show for three hours. Very true. And I look at the time. Okay, uh, 90 minutes. Oh, good. I can watch this, 90 minutes. But when it goes... Two hours and 50 minutes, I'm going, what? Or three hours, I, I can't do it. It's like a I'm, tap out. I, I don't even watch it. So if, if it's that long, they can't hold my attention that long. So that's we do, that. We do have another Super Chat donation from Animal Instinct. Thank you so much for that. He uh, says, Lacey Evans would fit with Jackson Riker. Not fair. He was bullied out of the industry, but CM Punk can push his politics whenever he wants. Uh, Riker was good. I mean, uh, Riker. It it is what it is. Yeah. No need to getting into a, a political speech here because whatever you believe in that 
that area, that's your, that's your beliefs. So in animal instinct, five dollars, uh, I think you're right. That's all I'm gonna say. He thinks you're right because you paid us. <laughs> oh, yeah. Now, next time, animal, add two or three more bucks to that. Now you may get a little more of an answer. But <laughs> that, that, that gets into the area of politics, and I don't want to talk about it. You're in a lose-lose situation regardless yeah, there. I mean, and the, the biggest difference between Riker and CM Punk is CM Punk is a draw. That's pretty as simple as I can put it. Um, Charlotte Flair uh, defeated Lacey Evans next. Uh, Lacey, poor Lacey. Like they don't, they can't decide what they want her character to be. She's she's basically Sergeant Sergeant Slaughter Light uh, now with this new act. And this matchup was basically a squash. It only went two minutes thirty seconds. She did her salute a couple of times, pose, and Charlotte took advantage, hit the big boot gets the figure eight for the win. She continues having the figure eight on after the bell and Oscar comes in. She attacks Charlotte, hits her with a sleeping uh, leg to the face and her shoes pop off during the whole attack. She does the little, the little uh, salute on that. Her shoes come off and then she gives the salute. I popped on that. And she's wearing she's wearing like the most cartoonish, cartoonish attire ever, like bright pink pants, the colorful shirt, she's got the colorful hair, and uh Asuka walks out with the WWE Women's Championship ahead of her title match against Charlotte next week. What did you think about the squash match with Charlotte and Lacey and the attack by Asuka? I hated it. I'm, I'm, Lacey Evans really deserves better. I don't mind her getting beat. I mean, that's just part of the business. But give her just a, and maybe not, put somebody else with Flair. Put somebody else with Charlotte, if they can. But but both these girls are pretty big girls. And, you know, Lazy, I'm kind of partial to her. I like her. You like her, too. I think they could put somebody else in there. Because the match was so short, they were just working toward the finish for Oscar to make her way into the ring. But yeah. it is what it is. It didn't. I don't think it hurt anybody. And they just they just worked that little bit of more of an angle between Oscar and Flair to. Okay, she's going for her fifteenth. Her 15th Women's Championship on the main roster. So they're working to, to beat the 16 that her dad had, right? Pretty much. Yes, we're at that point. So, so when she she wins this, then she'll lose it. Yep. And she's going for the 16th, which yep. will be to tie her dad, which would actually be a, a big deal. Yeah. I think maybe WrestleMania next year, I think. I can see that. And if she breaks it, that's probably money in the bank or maybe SummerSlam or something the next year. So they got something to look forward to. So she will be yeah. 17, 17 times women's champion in WWE. That will never be broken. Yeah, she she it literally it literally took what I think two decades for John Cena to tie her dad. He did that in 2017, 
uh flair 16 championship was in 99 so nearly yeah nearly 20 years so mm. well and cena has 16 too yeah she's currently tied i believe with randy orton with 14 you know in the last year they've all of a sudden went back in their history yeah and all these records that most wrestling fans don't put that together. I mean, they will believe, I mean, what you, what the announcers tell them, but now since they brought this up so many days, a, a, a guy's champion, so many title reigns, and now they, they've made it mean something. They have made it work for them. So they mentioned something tonight with uh, Pedro Morales yeah, Roman Reigns has passed Pedro Morales for uh, longest title reign. So now the only people ahead of Roman is Bob Backlund, uh, Hulk Hogan, and Bruno San Martino. So it's no longer four guys ahead of him. It's only three now. Okay, how many? Well, he'll never catch Bruno, but no. who's number two? Number two is Hogan. He had a four-year reign. And how far away is that? Roman is about a year and a half from the four-year reign. So he, he won't last another year and a half as champion. I don't see that. I don't I don't know how you can get by another WrestleMania without Roman losing this title. Mm-hmm. I don't either. But anyway, but see, if you tune in here, we give you the, the inside. We give you the inside seeds. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is... Actually, people people should be tipping more for this inside information. So, but anyway, uh, what were we talking about? <laughs> Roland Curtis has a super chat donation for us, Dutch. Uh, thank you once again, Roland, always supporting us here. He says, why do you think that Rousey and Baszler are unified champions instead of undisputed? And why is Roman Reigns undisputed champion instead of unified? Wait a minute. Let me think about this a minute. Hmm. That's a good question. And to that question, I must answer, I don't have an effing clue. I don't. <laughs> when that creative gets together, I think they do that. And then it goes around the yeah, And then they come up with it. And then somebody says, well, what are we going to tell the fans? They said, let them figure it out. Hell, we don't got to tell them. <laughs> and I've heard that around a creative table. Hell, they can figure that crap out. So, but I, I don't, I don't have a clue why that is. It just is. So, and yeah. when has WWE ever been expected to follow logic? Exactly. Exactly. I think, I, I think now than they ever have before, and then they're still missing. I think it's the fact that they already have the undisputed WWE tag team champions. They already got the undisputed universal champion. They didn't want a third undisputed. So people are confused because people are already confused that Roman is not undisputed because you literally have another world champion now. So he can't in by definition, he can't be undisputed. Roman should be the unified universal champion at this point. It would make more sense if he was the unified one, not Ronda and Shane. Mm -hmm. I agree. So, but see, all that stuff misses me. I mean, 
I don't really, if I was a fan, which I am, but I'm not, sitting around thinking about things like that, I mean, I could be thinking about, well, I need to cut my grass or I need to make the car payment or I need to do something else. But sitting around th thinking about that, and Roland, I give you credit for doing it, but I, I don't have an answer for that. I wouldn't even attempt to make an answer because I don't know. That's fair. That is fair. Well, thank you, Roland, for the Super Chat donation. Uh, one final segment to mention here. You had Bianca Belair was shown talking to Adam Pierce backstage, where Adam Pierce basically asked her about wanting to be ringside next week. She says she wants to be wings, ringside to make sure that nobody cuts her in the line. And Pierce asks her, well, if Charlotte or Asuka try to attack you, would you defend yourself? And she says yes. And Pierce says that there is too much at stake. So as as a result, Bianca Belair will be barred from ringside during next week's title match. And Belair questions Pierce again, saying that, oh, you want me to take your promise, just like last time when you mm -hmm. let me down. And she walks away. So it does not sound like Ronda Rousey, I mean, like uh, Bianca Belair is going to listen to Adam Pierce and stay barred from ringside during this matchup. What do you think this is all leading? Because this is, they've been, they've been really kind of focusing on Bianca and Pierce and Pierce having empty promises to Bel Air. Pierce is useless. <laughs> Nobody listens to him. You know, he does, he goes out there, and every time I see him out there, he's always on the phone. And I, I don't know. He can make a match like just on the fly. And they talk about all this all this kind of this marketplace of great matches, but he, if he can make it on the fly, I mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't like him in a row. I don't think he's, I, I think he was better, better on one of those segments they did where he stood up to him a little bit. When he tries to stand up to somebody, you guys. Yeah. Well, much better at that. I don't think he's very effective. I think they could take that role and do a lot better with it. How did he get in that role anyway? I, he just showed up one week and they, they gave him a role, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> he just showed up. Well, he, he just showed up. Get over there in the corner and leave us alone. <laughs> Here's like, a job. Shut up. Yeah, it's like, why do they have a undisputed and a... I don't know, and I don't know why he ended up. We yeah. don't know why Pierce has a job and why they're undisputed. No. Yeah, I don't. I don't get it either. So, but I, I think his role, since they're using him in, in an important spot, could could be a lot better. But her bard at ringside is reverse psychology. You know that if they bar her, she's coming in. Yeah. Somewhere she may not be there to start, but she's going to come in. So it's like saying, "Don't say this," and as soon as you say it to wrestling fans, they're going to start saying it. So it's always been that way. Don't call me chicken, chicken. <laughs> it's like don't call me a coward. Say it. It's like telling them, "Yeah, go ahead and say it." So go figure. Pretty much. Yeah. 
All right, Dutch, before we head out of here, we should mention what went down on Rampage since it just ended. And someone that you might know of actually made their return or official debut in uh, NAEW. John Morrison, John Hennigan, is now in uh, AEW. Uh, he's going to be Johnny TV, Johnny Television. Uh, he is going to be aligned with QTV, QT Marshall, and Powerhouse Hobbs, Aaron Solo, and uh, Harley Cameron. Uh, they all attack the acclaimed on the show, setting up a new rivalry there. Uh, Johnny Elite, any stories about John Morrison during your time in WWE or anywhere else that you uh, have met the man now that he's going to be a part of AEW? Oh, I know him. I don't know him that well. <clears throat> I wasn't around him that long. <clears throat> so, but he was Johnny Impact, I think, when he was with TNA. Is that his yeah. name? Impact? Yeah. And I'm thinking, wait a minute, is John Morrison this, that? And this? Now, John Morrison, he got the name because of the doors, the band. Mm-hmm. What, he, did he look like the guy or what? I, th- I think I think yeah, that was kind of the idea that he looked like the guy John Morrison, so that's why they went with that name. Because before that, he was Johnny Nitro. But at least they're staying true to the what he's been doing. They're they're giving him another name to match the show he's on, which is good. But I have no stories about him. I guess he's a he's a pretty good guy because I've heard no bad stories about him either. So it's like somebody's there, but. And, and you have people in, in, in regular life, you know them, but you just know them. You don't know any of their background, any of their funny stories, or any of their bad stories, or the reputation or anything. They just are, and nothing more. That's the way uh, Johnny, what's his name? What do they call yeah. him? Johnny you TV? Could just call him. Yeah, Johnny TV. Johnny John, TV is going to be his name. He's had so many names, I can't even remember. But we'll see what they do with him. How, how I think he's a good a good pickup for them. Did you miss Rampage tonight? Yeah, I was doing this show. I know, but did, did no, I'm not saying miss it. But I'm saying, did you miss it as being a fan? Yeah, yeah, I would have, I would have liked to 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 watch it live. Uh, they also named a new matchup for Forbidden Door, as it's going to be Filthy Tom Lawler representing New Japan Pro Wrestling going up against Adam Cole. And tonight, Rampage had the first appearance ever of MJF Dutch. We miss MJF on on Rampage. What the hell? <laughs> now MJ, MJF, I like him. I think he cusses a little too much, curses a little too much on the mic, which, because I think if you're going to talk, at least don't go street level with it. I mean, because he's a much, much better interview than that. He doesn't have to do it, but, but he's a good talent. And how big is that guy? He's not six foot tall, is he? I believe I believe he is. I think he is six foot six foot tall, but he's gotten into a tremendous shape. Like he he is he's yeah he's uh no he's five foot eleven actually. Mm-hmm. Well, he's five big. foot eleven, two hundred and twenty nine pounds. Yeah, Roddy Piper wasn't the biggest guy in the world either, but had had tons of heat on him. But and the thing like MJF, you can watch him and think that in two years. He'll be the top babyface. 
because they'll take those heels like that and the people start liking the, them and and then it's time to turn him. Now, what is the talk about he may go to WWE? Well, he has the whole, his whole gimmick right now is that he, he is going to be a free agent next year in 2024. So he's been saying that it's going to be the bidding war of 2024 and he's going to go to the highest bidder between WWE and AEW. Good gimmick. Yeah. What? Okay. Here's a, here's an outside thought. A Saudi Arabian wrestling company starts up and they bid out the yin yang for him. Hey. Because you know they, they did the golf thing. <clears throat> now I think they're getting into basketball. Yeah. Hmm. And when they offer that Saudi Arabian money, it's a lot. Oh, it's it a is lot of big, money. It really is. This is driving me crazy right here. I, I see you. I see you fiddling with it. But oh, yeah. it. that brings us to a close on another edition of Smack Talk. Thank you, as always, Dutch. Even it's surviving through the uh, StreamYard issues you've been having. I appreciate you sticking through it, surviving that, and let the people know where they can follow you on social media, your great podcast, and everything else you social- want to do your plugs for before you cut just, out again. Just email me, Dirty Dutch Mantel with two L's at gmail.com and you can catch me on uh, Twitter at uh, Dirty D Mantel and I'm on Instagram as Dirty Dutchman One I think I mean I, I have so many names I need to consolidate them all and put them under one uh, but anyway but then again I think I've made it an issue that when it comes to social media and computer and internet I'm just yeah. As but, the internet cuts you off again. Oh yeah. Okay. The the I, I'm sorry for my feed bleeding out, and there's nothing I can do about it right now because I don't know why it's doing it. And nobody is to help me. I'm not getting much help with it either. Nobody okay. seems to figure it out. I'm gonna have to say you sent me a guy and he disappeared, or I disappeared, or something. But I was talking to him this week, and let me ask you, do you actually sign in? Uh, I signed in before, but I have access to it now, so I don't have to sign in anymore. Well, this actually works the same way it worked before, except the drop. (laughs) I don't get it. I know. You've only recently got this issue. It's weird. I don't know what's going on now, but. You can follow me on the Twitter machine at TrueHillSP3. Go over to the True Hill Heat YouTube channel. I'll be going live tomorrow, 11.05 a.m. Eastern time with the True Hill Heat flagship podcast talking about this week in wrestling. We're going to be previewing and giving predictions for NJPW AEW's Forbidden Door, which is this Sunday. Uh, one final prediction to close things off, Dutch. Who do you think wins on Sunday? Kazuka Okada, the top guy for New Japan Pro Wrestling, or Brian Danielson of AEW? Who wins at Forbidden Door? You're you're muted, Dutch. Or or uh, yeah, I can't hear you. What happened now? <laughs>
He's like, no, he's like, it's over. It's over. <laughs> All right. Well, I tried to give y'all one prediction for the show, but Dutch Vantel is is null and void. It is me. It is me, your true hill feed dub SP3. That was Dutch Vantel. And this has been Smack Talk. We will see you next Friday, y'all. Peace.